Hey, true crime friends, I'm Danny. And I'm Brenna. And, and this, this is Lago Stories. Today's episode contains graphic information that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener's discretion is advised. Welcome back, Bryn, and happy Pride Month! I know this is one of our favorite times of year for our podcasting purposes and use of this platform, so I am so pumped to be here today. Yes, I am so excited too. Happy Pride Month, everyone! And before we get started, I wanted to make sure everyone is aware of our super cute Pride collections thanks to my sister and the Design Shed where she creates all of her fun and creative projects. But if you have not checked it out, go check it out because they will be out for a limited time. So you have the remainder of Pride Month to purchase, so go snag them all up. Yeah, I already have mine, and they are super cute. Yes, I honestly contemplated changing our logo permanently to the, <laughs> to the rainbow. This is so cute. Yeah. So if you haven't previewed our new logo that is on both our Instagram and our Facebook, that is what one of the Pride stickers looks like, and we are doing 2021 sticker and 2022 sticker just as a little bundle for you all. So yeah, you're you welcome. Yeah, last year's. Yeah. Okay, now let's get started. Today I wanted to do something a little different as I think sometimes behind the rainbows and the glitter, people tend to forget why pride is such a powerful movement. Although no one can deny the fun and lively culture within the LGBTQ community, the history of where it all started for us to be here today for this community cannot say the same. So I think it's really important for us to circle back and touch base on where we are and where we came from and the importance of why we have to continue to protect and make strides for this community. I absolutely agree. It is the funnest month of the year, <laughs> but I, I understand that it's not always been that way and I can understand how maybe some people feel that companies may just be putting rainbows and glitter on everything because it's a business strategy mm -hmm. more than actually making a statement. So. Yeah, and I think especially with the nature of it's bright, it's colorful, it's glitter, who doesn't love glitter, mm -hmm. where it's like, wait, 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 let's take a step back and remember why we are doing all of this because it hasn't been this way. Okay, so now I want you to picture a Pride event that you would go to today whether that be a rally, a walk, or a festival. And keep that in your mind as I walk you through the events that took us to get to the very first official Pride event. Bren, do you know what Pride actually stands for? Well, I do now. <laughs> Personal Rights in Defense and Education. Yes, I put you on the spot, but I only did it because I knew you would know. And if that right there, what she just said, what Pride stands for, and I will say it again, personal rights in defense and education does not set the tone for the direction I'm going with the story. I'm not sure what will. Before there was a Pride Month, there was the Stonewall Riot of 1969. One summer day in New York City, a local bar, the Stonewall Inn, was raided by the police. The Stonewall Inn was known in the city as the local gay bar, but more of like the, if you know, you know, type of places 
where if you were not within this community and supported that or were openly gay, it would be shut down um, because there are still places that were being shut down for serving a gay customer, let alone having gay staff members or being in support of this community. Now, this was not the first time an LGBTQ business had been raided. Actually, in the past, they were quite common. There's actually seven historical listings of raids that were so significant enough that people actually documented them. You know how there's always those onesie twosies that trickle in, um, sometimes a lot when you're dealing with communities like this, but Mm -hmm. enough to where they were so monumental that they were actually documented, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. But this one set the stage for what was going to come for this colorful community. In 1969, homosexuality was still viewed as a mental disorder. It was actually not removed from the American Psychiatric Association until December 15th of 1973. There is also still, I'm laughing because like it's just ridiculous. There is also still criminal charges that could be placed on gay individuals for expressing their true selves. So with that lack of freedom comes an increase in power by someone else. This is how the mafia plays its way into everything. Yes, I said the mafia. Due to the threat of being quote-unquote outed, the mafia had complete control over this community and those who wanted to conduct businesses. The mafia would do what the mafia does best and keep their ROI safe. And I mean the businesses, not the people. People would refer to this time period as the gay prohibition. I had no idea the mafia would be brought into this, so... I'm kind of confused by that, but it also makes sense the way Mm -hmm. you explained it. And I know for sure that it was an offense if a man was wearing women's clothing. So they would have to, like, if they wanted to dress a certain way once they got into a bar, they would have to bring it with them. Yeah, so I actually was going to address that later on, but here you go with your LGBTQ (laughs) knowledge and I love it. Um, But yes, I cannot believe at that time period for choosing what you wanted to wear could literally put you in jail at that time. It's ridiculous. Gives me chills. It makes me so frustrated. But I'm glad that we are past that time, but there's still so many stigmas and persecution towards that because of the tone that was set beforehand which is just unfortunate and the mafia affiliation I chuckled when I figured that out too I thought it was really impactful when others would refer to it as the gay prohibition because if you look at line by line of when prohibition was set to get rid of alcohol you really look at the quote-unquote gay prohibition and a lot of the line items match up of like Mm. they're trying to rid the community of this they are I think it's a bad influence a a bad influence um if it gets out and they have a lack of control it's it's chaos it's Mm. mass chaos and then those who are conducting those businesses have to do it a roundabout way and then it's controlled by someone else who is essentially more dangerous than what you were trying to stop yeah which dumbfounds me but you know People will do what people do We'll never learn. Stupidity. (laughs) So, yeah. 
But even the mafia could not pay anyone off to prevent what was about to happen. On June 24th, police arrested some of the Stonewall employees and confiscated hidden illegal liquor. This was per usual for this time, as many places ran by the mafia did not always do things by the book. But the police did not stop there. They conducted a second raid that Friday, June 27th, as they were pushing to get rid of this establishment. There were eight undercover cops waiting to strike to see this place be shut down. As they began to start arrest employees and drag queens and others within the establishment, additional police cars began to arrive. As people were escorted out with or without handcuffs, it was out on the street where the true fight began. Now, I will say my research was a little iffy at this part. This was back before camera phones and filming of everything and anything. So the rundowns of what got the full-on riot to begin was not historically and chronologically displayed within my research. It was a little bit of this, a little bit of that, or this person did this, this person did that. But either way, the end results were it was not very long from escorting people out to a full-on riot beginning. Bottles were thrown, tires were slashed, and people from every direction were coming around to join in on the fight. Like I mentioned, there was not documentation of where it started and how it escalated, but I can only imagine how empowered those from the LGBTQ community felt in that moment for probably the first time ever in their lives. Yeah, actually like getting to fight back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy to put off or shove to the side that they shouldn't have been doing that or they should have just done what they're told, but I mean year after year after I mean even day to second to minute to all of those things they have been persecuted for being their true selves and it was really interesting that although there wasn't a lot of documentation on how this all started there was a plethora of documentation of how important this establishment was to this community that a lot of people didn't have safe places to live or escape to really be themselves. So it was really not only you invading in our space, but you're invading in the only area that I've ever felt protected yeah, or safe. So they're trying to get rid of the one place. Yeah. Yeah. As the riot continued on into the early mornings of June 28th, it forced the remaining officers on site to barricade themselves inside the Stonewall Inn, as those outside were using anything and everything that they could find around them to break inside and break down the barricades. As the intensity started to rise, more and more police cars started to circle in, and the armed officers began to march in as well. The protesters were able to sneak around and outwit the incoming officers by maneuvering their way around their neighborhood and circling back up behind the officers. The cat and mouse game would continue until the early morning hours, but would settle down without any major injuries or death on either side. But we were far from done. Even though the stone wall had been torn to shreds by the cops, they opened their doors the next evening. As I mentioned, this place was many individuals' safe place and where they could gather to really be themselves, so it was important for them to open back up and show that support for them, even though they had been shaken up and rattled themselves. It was going to take much more than a little chaos to shut them down. Supporters from all over showed up and started chanting in solidarity, quote, gay power, end quote, and other slogans in unity. The police came out again to, quote, restore the order, end quote, this time bringing out the tear gas and using extreme force. Protesters were beaten after being tear gassed until the crowd was, quote unquote, controlled. 
Well, I did get the chills, and then they quickly dissipated <laughs> as soon as you started talking about using more force. Yeah. I just, I honestly cannot even imagine what it was like for them having what felt like the whole world hate you. Yeah. And it, especially for something that is completely out of your control. Like, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. What does that have to do with you? Exactly. And, I mean, all of that escalated by people just getting together and chanting. Yeah. It's not like they were going around and doing crazy stuff Mm. that warrants behavior like that. They were coming together in solidarity to chant, to support one another, and then you're going to throw tear gas on them and beat them until you have everything under control. Mm. Congratulations. So messed up. Yeah. Well, this resilient community took advantage of their newfound publicity and they continued to advocate near and around Stonewall for the next several days, making great strides to the growth and formation of the gay rights movement. These gatherings would replace the large riots and were less confrontational with the police until July 2nd. This was in response after several protesters surrounded a newspaper building after the coverage that they had released from the events had transpired had inappropriate and derogatory terms to quote-unquote label those involved. Another riot quickly began with protesters and police until midnight that evening. Although the Stonewall riot was not the beginning of the gay rights movement, it was a huge step in uncovering what we now refer to as Pride Month. On June 28, 1970, on the first anniversary of the Stonewall Inn raid, gay activists joined together in New York for the Christopher Street Liberation March to end the first official Pride Parade in New York, where marches chanted pride over gay power, earmarking the term. Oh, I love that. I got children. (laughs) So gay pride was a huge, I guess, quote-unquote slogan for them Mm -hmm. um, back in the day. But when they got together for this march... They were talking about what are we going to do? What are we going to say? And they all agreed to chant pride instead. And when I when that came full circle, I was like, oh, yeah. I wanted to start crying. I thought that was so, so beautiful. So they coined the acronym first or was it pride and then they kind of named it? So the organizations that started through all of this activism after the Stonewall and riots, they started forming organizations. And one of them was the Personal Rights in Defense and Education organization. So then they just cut that down to pride and then coined the term at that first official pride parade. Mm -hmm. So I don't want us to forget that in 2020, although our worlds were turned upside down for a lot of different reasons, Pride actually celebrated its 50th anniversary, which gives me chills as it is a sudden reminder that this movement did not happen too long ago, and quite frankly, in many people's current lifetime. I think this is why it is so important for us to reconnect to that why, because it is just as important to not take steps back as it is to keep pushing forward, because there is still little things today that are just unacceptable that are in place in this country, like 
Gay Panic. Does that ring a bell, Brenna? Mm-hmm. Um, and with that note, if you have not listened to my Season 1 Pride episode, I would highly encourage you to do so if you want to learn more about Gay Panic and why I personally hate it, and you should as well, and other injustice practices that are in place that just need to go. So the fight does not stop until everyone has the same opportunity to love and celebrate their lives just like everyone else. Yeah, I mean, when you said 50 years, like, it sounds like a lot because... I'm not <laughs> 50 years old. Yeah. But when you look back and you think, okay. If That's within your parents' time. Yeah. You know, these young men or women are probably still alive if they were, you know, mm-hmm. young at the time. And it's crazy to me to think about that. One, it was literally illegal for people to be gay or to wear certain type of clothing. And then in that same lifetime they could then get married yes or go out and have huge pride festivals yeah so i want to take it back to where we envisioned that event and think about how 50 years ago just a person expressing that they were gay they would be thrown in jail yeah they couldn't like be seen in public really is what Mm -hmm. people wanted back then Oh my god, that is So how it is amazing that we have made the strides that we have with the the ass chops and the glitter and the rainbows. I love the ass chops. They are incredible. But we also have to keep that why in front of us all the time because 50 years ago was not that long ago and how easily can something be reverted? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I couldn't let y'all go though without some pride fun facts. So I put together some questions to play a little game with you, Bryn, to share these fun facts with everyone. If you're up for the challenge, though. Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, so I will say a pride fun fact in a question format, and then you'll give me the answer, and we'll see how well you do. But don't worry if you don't know any of them. I didn't know a lot of them before my research, but that's why I love doing this, because knowledge is power, baby. Yeah, let's go. All right. This is going to blow your mind. Okay. (laughs) How many presidents have been in office since Pride Month has been acknowledged? How many presidents have been in office since And we're talking like the person, the president. Okay. And there's four-year terms. Some are double. But since 1970. Since Pride Month has been acknowledged. Which was 1970, right? Um, I'm just going to go with five. So it's actually three. Pride Month was not acknowledged until Obama was in office, actually. Wait, oh, the president acknowledged Pride no, Month? No, so Pride Month as a whole. So before it was just a celebration, um, and I believe it went from like a day to a week to a month type of situation. Oh. You know how those things progress like that? It's like Nurses Day, Nurses Week. Yeah. No, it's Nurses Month. But Pride Month was not an official acknowledgement until Obama was in office. So we've had Obama, Trump, and now Biden who have been presidents wow. since it's been acknowledged. All right, that was a trick question. Next one. But isn't that crazy? Yeah, <laughs> that is. Okay, where was the largest Pride Parade held? And I just want to give you a hint. Pride is international. So your scope is broadened. (laughs) Not in the U.S. Yeah. Hmm. What's a good country? Progressive country. (laughs) Norway? No. That would be a good guess, though. (laughs) Okay, what is it? It was actually in Brazil. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. Very interesting. Okay. This one's a fun one for all you Shania Twain fans out there. Oh, God. What Shania Twain song was inspired by a drag performance? So Shania Twain saw a drag performance and was like, I'm going to write. Write a song about it. I can't even think of Shania Twain's song. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you hum it? Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like a woman, <laughs> obviously. Well, man. I feel like a woman. <laughs> Isn't that so cute, though? That is awesome. I was like, oh, how clever. That's so cute. Okay. Here's our last one. When was the rainbow flag created? And you get bonus points if you know what the colors meant at the time it was created. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'm just going to guess the 80s. And I have no idea about the colors. So you're super close. It was actually 1978. So you were only okay, about two years on off. the verge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the colors at the time were hot pink for sex, red for life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, turquoise for magic and art, blue for harmony, and violet for spirit. Wow. Yeah. And as you all now know, the flag has progressed as the community has opened its arms to everyone and anyone within that community. So it has transitioned. But that's what it originally stood for. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, this Pride Month, now that you're a little bit more educated, please don't get sidetracked by all the glitter and rainbows as so many before us fought hard for others to enjoy this colorful and lively time. It is important for us to remember where it's all started so we can continue to push for change. Yeah, I learned, honestly, so much (laughs) from this episode, and I'm excited to share it with more people because, like you said, it's easy to just be like, oh my god, it's rainbows and glitter and, you Mm -hmm. know, butterflies and unicorns, and it's so fun and lighthearted, but at the core of it, it was very oppressive, dark, and, you know, hidden, so now I'm going to think about this every time I see a rainbow or, or a glitter. Yeah, I think, and I think that's so important too. I know when I talked to you about it, I wasn't sure. I was like, hey, I'm going to do something different, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And it ended up yeah. um, coming full circle. I'm so glad that I was able to represent the LGBTQ community today and really share history because the History can repeat itself, y'all. So it's yeah. so important that we understand where we came from because we never want to get that far or revert even a little bit at all. Absolutely. So let's keep that in mind this Pride Month. But with that said, we will conclude today's episode. We'd love to hear your feedback. Leave us a comment or review. If you have a case suggestion for us, reach out through our website at logostories.com. You can check out all the resource material and additional information from this episode while you're there. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Logos Stories. We will be back with a new episode right after this one. It's a double whammy, y'all. So until then, stay safe out there. It's a colorful world. Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for allowing us to use his sound, Nightmare, for our theme music.